like uh, okay whatever but that that's the uh this is the the quality of being in person yeah well, yeah and the equipment you know when it's online you know and it's probably because you're in your room alone you know you're so quiet you're trying to sound like you're not masturbating you know it's like i'm not, I'm not jerking off <laughs> <laughs> no one's masturbating in here. <laughs> you don't have to listen. <laughs> what do you mean? I want everybody to hear. <laughs> the neighbors are gonna be like, "Yep, he's doing it. he's at it again." Hello, fellow hooligans. Welcome back to another episode of Quick Quotes. We are on site this time. Uh, we finally tracked down Goofy to his newest encampment. Um, he's been training uh, attack dogs for the last uh, about you know month and a half. Uh, he's got a new addition. He's thinking about calling it Diamond Dog, but uh, you know synthetic Diamond Dog because he wants to make it into like a robot cyborg thing. Think Metal Gear Solid. I'm going to destroy those people in Mexico with those dog fighting rings. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to win all of them. You're going to win all. <laughs> You're like, in order to stop them, you must defeat them. <laughs> I need to. I need to put a dog in the inside. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. The um. But yeah, Goof, it's been a minute since we recorded in person. I know we were trying to do it last week, and then uh, the pizza got the better of me. Yeah, um, you got dude. the you got the itis. I saw it on your face. It wasn't even the itis. My stomach started like not feeling good. Like oh, I, I felt like I was gonna okay. throw up, and I can't throw up. So the next morning, <laughs> it was just not not a pretty sight. The whole um, time, and then again, I can just feel everything just building up. My belly got all huge and puffed up. I'm like, this is not gonna be good. I don't know. You can't throw up. That sucks, man. I, I I've thrown up like three times in my sentient adult life. Mm. Like. You know, once when I was 21, 22, once when I was 14, and then once when I was, like, seven. Okay. So, like, every seven years, you know, it's like the coming of, uh, you know, the barf. <laughs> it's like Haley's Comet. Yeah. That's, <laughs> what, that's what indicates it. If there's a comet in the sky, like, Roman's ready to throw up. I know. I'm a vomit bender, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I threw up, they called me the, they were like, you're you're spraying like a dragon. Because mm. that projectile vomited Ooh. on Jimmy's uh, <laughs> mirror when they were in that apartment. Uh-huh. Um, dude, and it was a uh, two sinks. So it was from right to left. I just covered it, and yeah, it was like red, like reddish. I like, think I remember you telling me this, and oh, yeah, <laughs> I forgot. Dude. Yeah, just projectile vomiting. I was like, yeah, no, not again, dude. Was not it just drinking. from drinking? Drink, not just drinking, drinking a shit ton. Okay, yeah, too much. Okay. Again, I, I was like falling asleep because uh, this is when they had nothing in the empty room, so I would just crash out on the floor and go to work at the field the next day. And I remember being like, you know, laying down, and then just like shooting up being like oh, i'm gonna throw up <laughs> and then just Whoa. um but yeah dude uh so no there's a lot of times where i'll be feeling not great and be like i wish i can just throw up and i would feel a lot better and my body's like nah bro we're gonna take we're gonna do this the hard way you're gonna go through this shit mm-hmm. um but yeah no again uh we're we're back on site it's been a minute um yeah the quality you can hear it for those of you listening, it's it's different from doing yeah, it online. But we're not doing the satellite uplink like we usually do, you know. And then you have that uh, the the radio we airdrop to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the uh, the quality is definitely gonna be a little bit nicer. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get a few episodes uh, recorded in person to bank them up a bit. Um, we want to do some quotes real quick because we're coming up on a quotes episode. We got to upload, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we both were kind of scrambling, and um, I got a cool theme that I'm gonna be doing. What are you doing today, Goof? I'm doing one of the movies that I really like, and uh, it's in it's in line with the release of the new uh, Guardians movie coming out. So oh, yeah, I'm talking yeah, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, you're gonna do uh, both Guardians or just the one? I'm doing both. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was gonna say in between both of them, you'll probably get a good good I, amount of quotes. One of them is plenty, but I'm I'm just gonna pick the best I can think of out of the both. Uh, both. But yeah, that that's my my thing for today. And what's your, what's your first quote? Uh, wait, well, what is your theme? Are you I'll gonna, bring it up. You're gonna bring it up. Oh, hold on, hold on. So, uh, for those of you who have seen the movies, uh, Guardians, they're, I think they're pretty good movies. 
<clears throat> they uh, they lean a lot on the comedy side, but their um, their writing's pretty good, and they, they have a couple good liners and everything. They're the template for the Marvel formula now. Yeah, they said it. They yeah. said that whole template, and it's not bad. It's just it's, it's overused. Good. Yeah, that's what it is. It's good with them. Like I like Ant Man and Guardians for being funny for what they are. <laughs> I don't need that in Thor, Cap, or Iron Man or any mm-hmm. other movies. But it is what it is, man. People like it, so they're they're not bad. It's not. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, it's like, so Guardians pretty. are great. Guardians. It, 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 it's, it landed so well. It's it's these assholes in space. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you get Thor: Love and Thunder, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Even Thor: Ragnarok was already on on the decline. You're just like, all right, this is too much jokey jokey. You think um, their their thought process was, hey, he's hanging around Earth so much that the, he's picking up on their mannerisms throughout the storyline. Because at first he's just like this, I'm the god of thunder. I landed on Earth. Rah, 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 rah. No, I I think it's they very much like the dad humor and the dad jokes and stuff. So like we just need to okay. amp it up a bit more. <laughs> Again, and, and that's just how it is though. Is you know you, you cater to the the people that are buying at the time, you know, and the people that like the Marvel movies like that. So that's just what they became. And we're, we're slowly transitioning away from that, you know, slowly but surely. I mean, the last Ant Man and Wasp didn't do all that well. The Quantumania. I haven't seen it. I'm hoping mm-hmm. it's out soon so I can see it on at home. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for too. I mean, I'll watch. I, again, I'm a fan of the Ant Man movies, so they're I'll watch great. It. I love those. Yeah, first but two. already again, the the idea of you know jokey jokey is kind of fading. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where the Marvel movies go in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. So the Guardians movie. It's a group of um, individuals who. Uh, at first, you see them and they're like, how are these people supposed to work together? They're trying to kill each other and all that stuff. Well, and they all meet up in a prison, right? No, they meet up in, uh, on the planet of uh, Xandar. And they're because uh, Peter Quill has the Infinity Stone. So Gamora's yeah. right there. And she's like, I want that stone or whatever. So she starts attacking him. And then uh, Peter Quill has a bounty on him by the, the Ravagers. So then Groot and... Um, and rockets show up, and they're trying to get him as well. And there's like this is big old fight going on, or whatever. That's how they meet. Uh, later on, you get um, uh, Drax. Drax. He does. He meets them in prison, but for okay. the most part, they they meet before then. And um, <clears throat> you have all these different things going on. And in the background, where the the main antagonist of the story, uh, who I'm going to quote right now, um, he gives out this big line to to tell you, hey, this is the big villain guy, and I really like this thing. I He's, am big villain. I am big villain. That's what he says. <laughs> uh, he goes to say, they call me terrorist, radical, zealot, because I obey the ancient laws of my people, the Cree, and punish those who do not, because I, I do not forgive your people for taking the life of my father, his father, and his father before him. A thousand years of uh, war between us will not be forgotten. Yeah, so it's pretty much setting him up like, you know, he can't get over the past. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets him up like first of all he's like hey they're they're calling me the bad guy I'm doing this I'm doing that but you know what I am kind of the bad guy I am I'm upholding these old rules that have been here for years and years I'm not going to forget even though times have moved on I'm still this old person and I hold these up uh, this upbringing and uh, he goes on, of course, to be the main bad guy of the whole movie. Well, the other, again, the way he starts off too is he he doesn't think himself of he doesn't think of himself as a villain. He's like he says other people think of me as a villain because of the actions I'm taking. Be you know exactly. Um, and then again, which is isn't completely false in the sense of like you know a thousand years of war. Whether you end on amicable terms or not, I mean, fuck, dude. Like, all right, we dropped a bomb on on <laughs> Japan. You think they've forgotten it? Like, oh, no, dude. Of course not. Yeah, you don't forget stuff like that. And we're we're peaceful with them and stuff like that. But it definitely affects you know relations in general. Mm. You know, we're always gonna have that history, whether it's good or bad, right? You know, some people 
you know, our, our, how do you say, uh, we also can't forget the, what they've done on their side, too. Yeah. Let's not forget. They're, they're, it's it's not bad that, on all But all what ones. I'm saying, though, is a lot of people have come to terms because it's not their generation, right? You know. Yes, yeah. of course. You know, you, you acknowledge the past and you, you know, you move on in the sense of like, all right, let's work for a better, better future, better future in the relationships. But some people are like, fuck no, bro, I'm going to be the bad guy. That's the funny thing is uh, you're so far apart from what you what happened in the past. And then you look back and you you make all these different comments on it. Like, oh, that was super fucked up. Why did we drop that bomb? It's like, well, we weren't there at the time. We can't really judge them for what they did because we weren't there. Um, it's a different time, but you can still make some kind of comment, right? Yeah, you can comment, you know, especially with uh, with um, history. You know, it's, always, it's hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? But you don't know the position that a lot of these people were in. Exactly. Again. And there, there's a lot, you know, the more you look into it, the more you read it, the more it's so, you know, again, Japan's not completely the victim here. You oh, know? no, of course not. Um, they, they did a lot of horrible stuff. Uh, you know, look up the sacking of Nanking. Look up how they treated people on the Pacific coast. Those bunnies, poor bunnies. Um, but, yeah, no, they, they were ruthless. And it's, it's not the, uh, you know, it's not the people of today's fault on both sides, though, you know. Exactly. <laughs> It's just, it is interesting, you know, uh, holding a grudge for, mm-hmm. you know. And that's exactly what Ronan did. He yeah. held a grudge for years and years. And he's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to rain my justice on these people. Ronan the accuser. Ronan the accuser. All right. So what I was going to quote is, uh, there's a trilogy of movies that I really like. I watched them a little over 10 years ago now. It's been a minute. Um, but, uh, I, I've been a big fan of them for a long time. Um, it's, the movies aren't the most fresh in my head right now, um, but I, so I went through and just started looking up some of the quotes, and uh, I'm going to be quoting um, lines from the first movie of the trilogy, which is called uh, Fistful of Dollars. Um, That's Clint Eastwood, right? Correct. Yeah, he plays the, uh, the man with no name, but when I was looking him up, I guess they call him Joe now. He's just referred to as Joe. Which I'm like, that's, uh, the, I mean, the man with no name. How does the man with no name have a name now, right? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so much better, the man with no name, so mysterious and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they gave him uh, the name Joe in one of the later movies, so they just retroactively put it on there. Or that's just what they call him, you know, Joe Schmo, Joe anybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But yeah, the first uh, the first quote um, that I wanted to bring up is, uh, it's when he first rolls into town and he's on his little uh, his little mule. You know, he doesn't have a regular horse. He's got a little mule. Mm-hmm. And uh, the quote, it's, uh, I don't think it's nice. You laughing. You see, my mule doesn't like people laughing. He gets the crazy idea you're laughing at him. Now, if you apologize, like I know you're going to, I might convince him that you really didn't mean it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is cool because it, it pretty much establishes like the kind of person he is when he first meets up with these guys in town. Because he's surrounded and he's still being, you know, the tough guy and being very straight very serious um again with the man with no name is supposed to be a lot like uh you know boba fett or cad bane you know they end up doing later in star wars um or they're supposed to be like him right you know because he came first but the idea is supposed to be is he is this character he has the the set of beliefs or ideals that aren't known to anyone and he sticks by him and he's, he doesn't let himself get flustered or scared um almost uh, again i'd say like john wick nowadays you know he does have a name but mm. he's very like you know, I just started watching the movies a couple oh, of nights ago. Good job. Okay. And, uh, you know, they say he's a man of, like, you know, unwavering discipline mm-hmm. and, and uh, determination. Yeah, determination. And uh, I think that's kind of the, the character that uh, the man with no name or Joe ends up being is uh, he, he's going to do what he wants to do and he has his reasons. And whether you agree with him or not or whether you know them or not, he's going to do them. 
Uh, but I, I just thought that was a funny one. Uh, well, it's the Wild West, right? So if you if you uh, waver a little bit, they're going to eat you alive because it's it's like I said, it, there's nothing out there. In yeah, the, it's very cutthroat. It's survivor be eaten out there. So if you show a little bit of weakness, of of course they're going to eat you, the mule, whatever you got on you. Um, I don't know why when you said that it reminded that song. Uh, I'm right. I'm, I'm not gonna sing it. I'm terrible singing. Sing it, goo. Something about a horse with no name. Uh, God, forget. I don't know. I forget. Then forget about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> but I've never seen those movies. Uh, give me a little bit of them because I've actually never seen one. So the uh, it's called the Dollars Trilogy because the first one's a fistful of dollars. The second one's uh for a few dollars more. And then the third one is uh, the the good, the bad, and the ugly. That one's pretty, you know, uh, iconic because of the title. Um, you have a couple cool characters in there too. There's like Angel Eyes and whatnot. Um, That's a good name. Yeah, um, I think he's a bounty hunter or marshal or whatever, hunting down uh, um, the mount. You know, Joe <laughs> as we know him now. I can't remember. It's been so long. I'll probably get to those later um, or start rewatching this again. Um, but they're just fun. I mean, you know, I have to correct you earlier. Said it is Wild West. It's actually the Spaghetti West. These are Spaghetti Westerns. <laughs> okay. So they're uh, they're filmed in Italy. They had more of like a European like uh, romanticization of how the West was. Um, if you want to see what the West was really like, you can watch uh, uh, fuck it, uh, Hell on Wheels. Hell on Wheels just shows you how disgusting and bleak and ruthless it was out there. Um, cause it was there, there, you know, they're building the railroad. railroad. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's ushering in the, you know, they're, they're trying to tame the West. Um, but no, definitely the, the movies are really cool. If you guys haven't seen them already, definitely recommend checking them out. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'd love to see them, but for, for whatever reason, I never get a chance. Just like, uh, the Warriors. I've never seen it for years until recently and great oh, movie the Warriors is the best. That's one of my favorite movies. Um, let me hit you with another one. So uh, one of the main characters in the Guardians films is uh, Peter Quill, also known as uh, Star Lord. Star Lord. Lord. And um, he gives a little quote to uh, to the group of uh, individuals that he's trying to rally up to uh, to do this like final battle. Because at this point, running the accuser, he gets the Affinity Stone. He's ready to kill everybody on Xandar to, to deliver his justice, right? And, uh, and to to rally them up, he gives them like a little. Nice little quote, but it's also starting off really funny, which he says, um, <clears throat> I look around. Do you know what I see? Losers. And what I mean by losers is um, he later goes on to clear is I mean, folks who have lost stuff, their homes their families where they're facing the threat that they could not destroy. That could, and we're facing a threat that can destroy us all. So the reason I like this quote is because at first, at first you get the. I see a bunch of losers. And of course, if you're watching in the theaters or something, you get a big laugh first because there's a pause in between. And then he goes off to clear it up. Like, no, no, these are people that have lost stuff. He frames it really poorly, but it still goes on to say like, you know what? You guys are all have lost stuff. You guys have something to fight for. We need to rally up and fight this threat because without, if we try to take it on on ourselves, it's not going to work. We need to work together. No, I get it. I get it. it. He's, you know, that's obviously the joke, right? He it sounds like he's making fun of them that they're losers, that all they do is lose. But the reality is they're losers in the sense of like, right, you know, they, they've lost stuff in the past. You know, it's a collective of people who have lost uh, things or people or, you know, exactly um, their lives or whatever it may be. Um, no, that is a fun quote. Um, yeah, I remember uh, <laughs> the uh, you'll probably bring it up later, but the part of the big end fight, you know, there's another funny scene that uh, the dance off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a great part. Um, 
so my next quote, uh, which is pretty cool. Again, it, it kind of speaks to the because uh, we don't know anything about this man. And, you know, the man we don't know anything about uh, Joe. And uh, one of his quotes is uh, when a man's got money in his pocket, he begins to appreciate peace. So it's just it's funny because, yeah, when you when you have you know money in your pocket, when you have stuff, when you have, you know, a way of life, you're all all of a sudden being like, oh, you know what, man, I don't need to fight. I don't need to risk losing this. And it also shows you the uh, the other side of the coin is when you don't have anything, it's just so much easier to, you know, be like, all right, fuck it, let's fight, you know, chaos or struggle or whatever. Or like it shows you the duality of man, right, um, where it, it, it's the ones that have you know uh what they want that don't want to fight anymore they don't want to risk losing it and when you don't have it you're willing to take all the risks um and that can be translated into a lot of things in life as well right you hear it a lot you know the struggling artist or whatever suffering for your your art and yeah when you don't have anything it's it's a struggle it's a fight and you're doing it because you don't have anything and when you have it you're like well i don't want to risk it you know a, a music artist or a director or whatever an actor might be a little less willing to take risks and you know to not lose the what he's worked for right whether it's uh the status or the uh the claim or the money he has it's just not you know worth the risk sometimes uh yeah it's, it's uh funny that you brought john wick before this he he dealt with the fa- the the same thing right he had um a wife who he loved the most like more than anything he gave up his life of crime and everything and then he lost her and she left him with one parting gift and that's all he had in the world that in his car which it was kind of a whatever thing but it added to the to the film right that's that was the catalyst that started the whole thing is i want that car and um once he, the the antagonists take away that dog from him he has nothing left to lose his wife is gone his car that i think he loved him more than anything in the world as well is gone he has nothing left to lose so he's determined to come and get what get what's owed to him which is the death of um of that guy i forget his name um yeah no uh that that really speaks to um excuse me uh what you're saying is uh yeah if if uh if someone has all all nothing to lose they're they're willing to throw everything at it and someone right. that, peace is not an option for them right when, yes. when, when they don't have no so peace so yeah if you have nothing to lose peace isn't an option because you're not at peace with being you know left with nothing mm-hmm. wh- whether it be material goods or you know just a, a life that you're not happy with um again there there will be no peace until you get what you want and vice versa you know when you have what you want when you you know man has you know because especially back then all all a man wants is you know a little bit of money in their pocket a little bit you know, of money have that well, but, yeah, yeah. but the money is the the most part because it's what what you use to get around yeah he, he begins to appreciate peace yeah mm. that's a cool one and that also goes to the other character in john wick uh the father he doesn't want anything to do with John Wick, right? He's like, he's scared. He's like, I, I don't want to fight. How can we speak this out? He's like, there is no choice, man. We're going to fight. I'm going to kill your son. Yeah, he's trying to do whatever he can to stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's a man who appreciates peace because he's already been through all that stuff. But yeah, uh, good quote. Good good one. Uh, let me get you with another one over here. Hmm... Let's go with uh, I, uh, everybody likes um, the character of Rocket Raccoon. You know, he's a silly little guy. He's a tough little, tough little rodent. Um, there's a like I said, there was a point in the movie where they they get uh, thrown into prison because they get caught by the 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 military. I forget what the name of the police, the space police again. Um, the Nova Force. Yeah, Nova. 
and uh, they capture him. They throw him into the prison, and they're they're locked in there. And um, there's a point where like, hey, yeah, the prisoners are always are catcalling all the new prisoners, like, hey, we're gonna eat you alive, you you whatever, whatever. And um, <clears throat> one of them comes up to Peter Quill, and like they're, they're like they're ready to size him up, and um, uh, you have the character Groot, who is big tree guy or whatever. He comes in, Groot. he comes in, and he just sizes everybody up and throws a, throws a, throws everybody around, and and Rocket comes up and says, <clears throat> "Let's get something clear. There's this uh, this one here is our booty. You want to get to him, you go through us, or more accurately, we go through you." So I just like that this little raccoon is intimidating everybody with with a little bit of muscle from his his partner in crime but he's like we're going to we're not, you're not going to fuck with us we're going to fuck with you if you come at us and that kind of reminds me of um I've never Rorschach. Seen, yeah I was going to say Rorschach. I've never seen the films but I've heard the quote a lot it's like hey you're you're I'm not trapped in here with you you're trapped in here with me yeah, exactly it's like hey you're setting a tone for this character who's actually is really really tough but it's not really perceived at first because they they're either shown as a good guy or they're shown as like Rocket as just a little rodent. But once they're pushed a little bit too far, like hey, I need to set an example, or else they're gonna walk all over us. And that is a good one. Yeah, I forgot about that one. It's been so long since I watched Guardians one. I actually watched it like a week or two before it came out in three D. Nice. And the funny thing about it too is i watched it, i'm like that was a good movie i never expected it to take off the way it did never not once in my life that i expected it to take off the way it did the characters they just like if you ask any normal person out there you ask them hey who are marvel characters they'll be like oh spider-man iron man maybe the hulk and uh, if you ask them who well, do you know who the guardians are they'll be like who the, who? Gar- the guardians what did you, did you just make that up on the spot well, the problem too is the this iteration of Guardians of the Galaxy. They're not even the original one. They oh no, I I don't know the originals either, but well, I, I know again, they're not. This this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy literally came, you know, was formed maybe five, six, seven years before the movie came out. So it's super new, dude. Like it was super new. Um, but yeah. So my next quote was, he's talking to a a girl or a woman and her name's uh marisol or marisol um and she's uh she asks him why do you do this for us you know because he's been kind of pitting the two different uh warring groups against each other to keep them from you know uh to see if there's gonna be a victor and you know who who he, uh bring a little bit of peace to um the town uh for the folks and stuff and she asks him you know why do you do this for us and to which uh, joe replies or the man with no name replies uh why I knew someone like you once. There was no one there to help. So, you know, it's, it's that whole thing, right? You know, like with great power comes great responsibility, right? You know, uh, you experience stuff in your life. And there's there's moments where you wish you had somebody who can help you, who was there, who either had the knowledge or the experience or the ability to help you or save you or whatnot. And that's just not always the case. So sometimes you got to be that change if you can be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that That is... Um that's that's crazy because we we everybody talks about being a good person in real life or whatever, and being that that change or whatever, and you don't see it too often. It's great when you see it in the movie and it, and it yeah. helps inspire people. Well, yeah, dude, that's that old uh, C.S. Lewis quote. I'm pretty sure. Let me pull it up. Um, C.S. Lewis is you know this prolific uh, writer. Yeah, author, American author. Was he American actually? I don't even know. Um, Lewis. That's an American name, I think. British. Okay. Yeah, C.S. Lewis. Was a British writer, and it was a uh, C.S. Lewis. 
Let me see if I can find it. You know, this is a... It's on the spot. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> oh, my God, no. Uh, here it is. I found it. Um, it's the, uh, it's a quote talking about children. Um, and the quote is a, since it is so likely that children will meet cruel enemies, let them at least have heard of brave knights and heroic courage. Otherwise you are making their destiny, not brighter, but darker. So the idea is like, yeah, man, like you have to let them read about, you know, the superhero or this knight who, who might be afraid, but you know, musters up the courage to fight the dragon, to defeat the the bad guy. Um, because again, kids, it re- really resonates with children. You know, they believe it. Um, and you want them to have that experience. There's been times, you know, where like my nephew will talk about like, especially earlier, you know, a few years ago when he was really into Steven universe, you know, he'd be saying something, I'd be whatever, you know, we'd be talking about stuff. He goes, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Steven wouldn't do want to do something like that. Or Steven wouldn't say that. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, that's cool. If that's, you know, your, your moral compass right there, you know, I think that's pretty good. You know, that's already better than most adults. Um, and, and I definitely agree, you know, like people make, you can make fun of superhero comics and movies and shows all you want. Um, but if they're inspiring, you know, a newer generation to be good, to be aligned with these, you know, good good people doing good deeds and helping people uh, i don't i don't see anything wrong with it you know again you're making their future brighter instead of darker um i don't know if i ever told you this but uh i i built my more compass around uh he's superman the old animated series like do the right thing work hard uh do whatever you can to make someone else's Take life your better. vitamins say your prayers mm-hmm. listen to your teachers i think you're thinking hulk hogan not superman very easily <laughs> confused goofy but no no you know what you're just saying that to me because the last time we had quick quotes, you you quoted a, a Mexican wrestler, and you lived your life off of that. I do. I like cheating <laughs> steel all the time. How'd you know? <laughs> but no, I, I honestly did uh, did that a lot because I was like, why would why would you do the wrong thing? What was that? Why would you do the wrong thing? Like you want to be like the, the superhero. You want to be like Superman or, or no? Exactly. Yeah. You know that's your that's your template, right? That's mm-hmm. that's what you strive to achieve. I completely understand. Um, and that's again, and sometimes you're put in positions where you're like, I wish I was a braver. I should have done this. Mm-hmm. But then you learn from that, hopefully, right? You're like, oh, I saw somebody that's like the- you one time, and you know, they nobody was there to save them, and I want to mm-hmm. be that person this time. Yeah, and hopefully, as an adult, you can do that better, do better for that person later on, whether it's a kid or some other adult that needs help. You it know, does- when when I'm like uh, scrolling through uh, Instagram a lot on the little like reels or whatever, you know, you see it a lot now. But there's like a quote or whatever where the idea is like, you know, the person you are right now is the person that you as a child would have been comfortable or safe with, you know, mm-hmm. and it definitely resonates, you know, like you, you hopefully make yourself into a person that would have that you as a kid would have looked up to him and been like, oh, that guy's cool or oh, man, I feel comfortable or safe around this person. And that's just, you know, it says a lot. Because not everybody has that, you know, uh, mindset um, or unfortunately have that, you know, upbringing, um, whether external or internal factors. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, I thought it was a cool quote. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, <clears throat> uh, um, I'm going to hit you with another one. Um, there's a group of uh, outlaws out there in space called the Ravagers. And there's different little groups of them. They, they live by a code and, you know, code of conduct and the, you steal from everybody, whatever, whatever. And uh, like space pirates, right? The Ravagers? Yeah, you could call them space pirates. Yeah. Uh, they, um, they're the ones that uh, picked up Peter Quill when he was a kid and were supposed to transport, uh, transport him somewhere else. But uh, Yondu, the character I'm talking about, uh, decided to keep him. And uh, far later on the movie he he goes on to say something he always says this says this to peter quill when i picked you up as a kid these boys wanted to eat you 
They ain't never tasted Terran before. I saved your life. <laughs> and I think <laughs> it's, it, it later goes on to be more like a parental kind of thing. Like, hey, I'm, I'm instilling, instilling a little fear on you, but I'm doing it for a good cause because I need you to listen to me. It's rough out there as a Ravager, which we are. And um, they will actually eat you alive out there. Sometimes figuratively or sometimes literally. But um, this character comes turns out to be more of a father figure to Peter, Peter Quill more than he ever had in his whole life. Yeah, he wants to mentor him. Mm-hmm, exactly. And he ends up being a pretty good Ravager because of, of Yondu. Like he learns how to pickpocket or steal or whatever, whatever. Right, he becomes a good space pirate. Exactly. So... Uh, this little quote is just like it's really funny because like every he always tells them this and he's like you always said this and blah blah, blah or whatever whatever and it's like yeah they're gonna eat you you stupid kid that is a funny one yeah I forget about that one yeah Guardians 2 was really good I liked it a lot of people complain and I'm like dude it actually had a plot to it and character development and growth and stuff that you know we wouldn't have seen in another movie unfortunately yeah so the next quote um is uh he's talking to uh one of the guys he's kind of been having the the feud going back and forth with and the quote he has is uh when a man with a 45 meets a man with a rifle you said the man with the pistol is a dead man let's see if that's true go ahead load up and shoot so he's talking to a guy that has like a long rifle you know one of those repeating rifles and you know they're they're gonna have like a showdown or uh <laughs> a um how do you say uh standoff yeah and uh so he's telling him like all right let's see if that's true then uh, let's work it out. Uh, what people don't know is uh, he put a steel um, a steel plate under his clothes, and uh, so it can absorb you know all the shots he can survive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a cool quote. Smart. <laughs> was that ever ever thought of like at the time? Like maybe I should put something thick in my own, in front of me. So well, I, I played shot. on that video. I guess there was that one bad guy, or not bad guy. There was like the whatever. Um, there was a there was a dude who was doing that. He would wear a steel plate underneath his. Uh, he was called like Friar or something, and he you know he would dress like a clergyman. Oh, and have it, you know, he has the space for it too, and everything. <laughs> exactly, um, but they they said that he was also an outlaw too. So like he he ended up being killed. Um, he got lynched by a mob of uh, vigilantes after he killed a sheriff. Oh, so I'm shit. like, yeah, dude's just just a bad dude, bro. It doesn't even have to be a play. You could get like a thick Bible or something, right? And you, you'll survive. A- nah, bro. With those guns at the time. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Especially How strong have, were they? They're pretty strong, bro. I mean, they're, they're really? meant to kill people. Yeah, dude. I, I don't know. Uh, I know guns nowadays will just, they'll drop someone left and right. but No, again, I think the Bible thing is very much a, a luck thing. Maybe from like super far away, it's lost enough velocity. And you got lucky, maybe. Mm. Um, but nah, dude. Uh, a pistol. Or, a, or am I thinking the old uh, pea shooters that you have to load up with uh, gunpowder? I don't know. I, I think that's just a Hollywood myth, bro. You don't think it'll happen? Bro, dude. You want to try it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Dude, there's a video out there. Some stupid ass lady. She was holding. It was her or her fiance or husband was holding a phone book, and they were trying to stop bullets. I she, heard of that. Yeah. That was recent, wasn't that it? That was pretty recent. Yeah, not too long ago, within the last few years. She got manslaughter, right? Or someone got manslaughter? Somebody did. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, man. What'd you think? Right? Like, <laughs> this ain't cartoons. Oh man. <laughs> All right. Let me see. What do I got? Mm. I can quote this character isn't really there that off uh that much he's just shown there maybe twice and this is the the main bad guy of the whole MCU Thanos and uh at this point um 
he uh the running accuser had has lost the infinity stone for maybe a, a day or two and he gets summoned by thanos and uh they have a little back and forth or whatever and thanos goes on to say <clears throat> uh the only matter i do not take seriously boy is you your politics bore me your demeanor that of a pounding of a, of a pouting child and apparently you aligned my you alienated my favorite daughter gamora i shall honor our agreement kree if you do not bring me the orb by uh, uh the orb but return to me um if you do not bring me the orb <clears throat> but return to me again empty-handed and i will bathe the stars the starways in your blood so that just goes to show you that hey you have Ronan the Accuser, right? He's really bad or whatever. He's a big bad dude, yeah. And then you have the boss of the big bad dude. He's like, motherfucker, I will rip you apart and make you bleed all over the place because uh, you do not fuck with me or my daughter. Right. Give me my rock. <laughs> Give me my rock. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I only got one more quote on my end. Um, and the quote's uh, the same thing. It was when... He's asked by a character named uh, Ramon Rojo. Um, so Red Ramon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you feel about peace? And to which uh, Joe replies, kind of hard to like something you know nothing about. You know, so it's, it's again, implying that he's had a turbulent past. Right. You know, uh, probably, you know, not familiar with peace, not familiar with what it feels like, especially, um, you know, if you know any history about like the Wild West and stuff is like the those frontier times like yeah dude there were anything can kill you whether it's man you know whether it be like another frontiers man or a native or an animal or disease environment yeah. yeah anything you know or your own you know ineptitude right you don't know how to grab stuff right you don't you don't know how to get water properly you don't um, know how to get food like there's water, just so yeah. much shit it's a killer yeah so um there's so much out there to kill you. You really don't know peace. Um, or again, maybe he's a former cavalry or, you know, or former U.S. or, you know, uh, Union or Confederate soldier. You don't know because, again, that was around the era as well. Um, there's just so much that is insinuated in this man's past that doesn't get touched up a whole lot, which I feel is good, you know, to have this man be mysterious, yeah, right? The That's why I'm tripping out that they call him Joe, you know, the man with no name. I know it's a freaking mouthful, but it's like, yeah, dude, he's, it can be anyone. Yeah. Were Marshall's a thing back then? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it could be, it could be anything, right? So you just don't know. And the the mystery is what adds to the, the flavor of this character. And you're just like, he could be anyone. He could be a mass murderer. He can be whatever is. That's fucking nuts. Right. You don't know the history of him. You don't know where he's been, where he's going. Um, and again, he he's had a, such a, clearly such a turbulent past where it's like just the idea of like peace is like, I don't even know what that is, dude. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I like it or not. <laughs> Someone born in war, like they've never seen peace or whatever. What else do they know, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. I'll give you one more. And this is kind of a two-parter. It's not that long, but it's a two-parter. It's... um. It's a towards the end of the movie. They're they're on this falling ship or whatever, and it looks like they're gonna die. And um, Groot does this thing where he, he he's a plant man, right? He grows this orb around everybody that's that's in danger or whatever. He makes like a wicker basket. Yeah, thing. wicker basket made out of his, his own body or whatever. And it goes on to Rock, and he says, "No, Groot, you can't. You'll die. Why are you doing this? And why?" And Groot says, uh, "We are Groot." And uh, as the, opposed to I am Groot, the, the rest of the movie. Yeah, the whole the whole movie. That's all he knows to say is I am Groot. That's all his species knows how to say. 
and uh, the change up his uh, vocabulary at the very end with something uh, inclusive for the whole group. It, it, it's a little bit of a heart touching moment right there. You're just like, oh, fuck. They have grown as characters and they've grown together as friends and shit like that. That's a really good part of the movie. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, very heartwarming, right? Made me cry. I was I was in tears. I was like, oh, fuck. He's going to die in that group. Well, there was a... You know how in, um, what was it, uh, Infinity War, when he gets Thanos snapped away and he looks oh. at Rocket and says, I am Groot? Oh. You know, they, they confirmed. They're like, Dad, what's going on? Like, he looks at Rocket as his dad. So for Rocket's kid to be like, what's going on? Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, that's, that's hard. <laughs> that's, that's rough. Definitely worse than... Uh, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. <laughs> well, did, did you hear the little theory about that? How um how you know he has the spider sense right? Yeah. It's it's going uh, at that point it's going off right? It's going off like crazy crazy like hey you're dying you're dying you're dying. So I feel like Peter kind of got the worst out of everybody because it's it's constantly hitting him like hey you're gonna die you're gonna die you're gonna die. Uh, I don't know. I think the one who got it the worst out of all of them was Vision. <laughs> <laughs> like you died? How about you die one more time? <laughs> Not only how about you die, your girlfriend's gonna kill you, yeah, your girl- and then you're gonna die again. <laughs> yeah, your girlfriend's gonna kill you. I'm gonna bring you back, and I'm gonna kill you one more time in front of her, and you're gonna watch me do it. <laughs> wild, wild. Oh uh, yeah, good movies. And you said he had another uh, part to that quote, goof. No, uh, that was it. It was okay. it was uh, Rocket, and then Groot comes in with right, his part. right. Yeah, that was it. Uh, well, we are Groot. Yeah, we are Groot. <laughs> All righty, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Quick Quotes. I know it's a quick one. Um, but yeah, keep an eye out. We'll be uh, uploading some more regular episodes as well. If you have any suggestions, uh, any guests you want to see come back, or any themes that we should look into, uh, we're always willing to take uh, suggestions, critiques, whatever it be. Um, but thank you for giving us a listen, and adios. Bye.